yeah, there's just something about that, about getting into the presence of God and just being open to, to hearing his word, to hearing his voice, and to hearing what, he, um, what he's speaking to us. Because God's always speaking to us. It's, it's just whether we're tuned in or not. It's a bit like a radio station. Radio stations are always you know, sending messages and everything out, but it depends if we're tuned into that station or as to whether we hear it. So it depends as to whether we're tuned into God's voice to know what he's speaking to us about. That's pretty cool. I just, yeah, I just love that. That God's always speaking to us, it's, and He's always with us. With us, it's just our awareness of His presence that changes. So it's not like we can step in or out of the presence of God. The presence of God is always with us. God is in us. He is around us. He is with us. And it's just whether we're aware of it or not, which changes. So that's awesome. Um, so we went to a wedding yesterday with um, Simon and Dominic. They were a young couple that we um, that they went through kids' church and uh, youth church with us, and then young adults. Um, and actually, when they got engaged, they actually came here. Um, they were in Wanaka when they got engaged, and they came to church on Sunday. And um, Simon did worship and stuff um, for us, which was just really cool. And I love that um, when you're with, in a relationship with people, when you're family, that it doesn't matter the distance; that you can just come together and you can celebrate good things. And um, so that was, that was just really fun. Um, so we went to the wedding and for catching up with lots of people that we haven't seen in a long time. And it was awesome. And we're getting the same questions. Say, how's church going? How's everything going? How's Cromwell? Is it so warm? We're like, yes, it's amazing. It's a lake <laughs> at the end of the street. Why would we go Maybe anywhere? Not today. Maybe not today. <laughs> don't tell them about today. So, you know, um, getting all those normal questions in there, like, oh, so how's it going? How, how are things going? And I, my reply is always, Good busy but really good you know have you ever found that quite often that's your standard reply you know how are things going you know, oh yeah things are good busy but good and um busy now seems to be the norm for so many people um in their everyday lives you know we rush about trying to get everything done get the kids sorted go to work see friends do everything that we need to to do to you know keep functioning make the bed buy the groceries eat do housework, act as taxi driver for the family, etc. And at the end of the day, get ready to do it all over again tomorrow. Good times. It's kind of like being on a treadmill. Um, And then in there somehow, we have to try and squeeze in time to spend with Jesus. And sometimes it just seems like there's not enough hours in the day. One of the things that Ray and I have had to contend with, and to be honest, I'll be truly honest, it's a work in progress, especially for me, is often that what is immediate, what is most urgent or needs done now, gets in the way of what is most important. And um, I would much rather be doing stuff for church, because we love church, that's why we came here, um, and giving our whole 100% focus to church and our people. But in the reality is, you know, academia needs to eat. So we have to work. And so for me, that involves, you know, traveling two hours a day for work. Um, and that takes a large chunk of my time. But that's, that, I mean, that is important. But that's more immediate than running my Sunday message. If I don't turn up to work because I'm running my Sunday message, at some point my boss is going to find out and she's going to get a wee bit cranky and have some words to say. 
You know, but believe me, I'd much rather be hanging out with Jesus and with you guys than doing paperwork and reports. And, um, and you're going to find that you'll have seasons in your life where at times things just seem really busy. You know, it's coming up to Christmas soon and, you know, it's often called the silly season because things get just out of control. There's like Christmas parties and work functions and interview stuff that needs done for work. And you're trying to plan Christmas and organize who's going to see what family where and, and all that kind of stuff going on. It's just really busy. And so it's full, a season that's full of a whole heap of stuff that needs to be done. Um, you know, but sometimes it's like that stuff gets in the way of what's important. Now, busy isn't necessarily a bad thing, okay? So don't, don't get me wrong. Just because you're busy doesn't mean that you're bad, okay? Sometimes we have seasons in our life where things are just a little bit crazy, but you know it's for a period of time. You know it's, gonna, it's only for a short time. You can see the end in sight, and you can manage for that time. It's when you can't see a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's just day in, day out, and it's relentless, and it becomes overwhelming, that is a bit of a problem. You know, sometimes people will fill their life with more and more things because being busy becomes a status. It becomes part of their identity. Now, I'm so important because I'm so busy. I have so much to do. People need me. I'm important. You know, I can't not do these things because I'm the only one who can do it right. You know? When it gets to that point, if that's our thinking around being busy, then we probably need to do a bit of reevaluating because um, that's not so good. You know, my friend used to have a saying, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. You know, he'll fill our life. In other words, our life will become so full of stuff that there's not going to be any room for Jesus. Now, and you can see when that can happen, you know, like because life happens, you've got to get on the treadmill and, and do stuff. But sometimes, what's that at, that at the expense of? John 15, 5 to 8 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown into the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. Other versions say, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So I, I love that word, abide in me. Abide in me. I've been kind of thinking about this um, over the past week. Oh, sorry. And so I looked up the meaning of abide, because <coughs> it's always good, you know, do some research, give some meat to your message. Um, so abide, so it means um, to stay, to continue in a place, to have one's abode, to dwell, to sojourn, um, to wait, to pause or to delay, to remain stable or fixed in some state or condition, to continue to remain, to wait for, to be prepared for, to await, to watch for, as, in, as I abide my time, to endure, to sustain, to submit to. To be patiently, not so good at the whole patiently thing, to tolerate, to put up with, to stand the consequences of, to answer for, to suffer for. I love um, the third one where it says to remain stable or fixed in some state condition, to continue and to remain. To continue and to remain. So to remain in God's peace 
in seasons of chaos, to continue to seek his presence when the seasons change and life is full. Excuse me, I just put my notes in the right order. You know, to take a moment to hear his voice and seek his guidance in our everyday life. To abide in him. It sounds really simple. Sounds simple. <laughs> Sometimes I think we complicate things a wee bit. Um, in Luke 10, 38 to 42, it talks about the story of Mary and Martha. So um, it says, As they continued their travel, Jesus entered the village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting him. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell us, leave me a hand. I hate it when people leave it, abandon the kitchen to me. <laughs> I'm like, how come they get to do all the fun stuff? What about me? I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 the master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course, and it won't be taken from her. Mary was sat at the feet of Jesus, and she listened to what he had to say. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do. How often do we get pulled away from the presence of God, pulled away from reading his word, pulled away from um, just hearing his voice by all that we have to do? Now, Martha put what needed to be done ahead of what was of being present with Jesus. But Jesus said Mary was doing what was most important. Mary sacrificed the immediate for what was important. Mary's priority was to be. Martha's priority was to do. We are human beings, not human doings. Now, I'm so painfully aware that I am more like Martha than I am Mary. Like... Hugely. Okay, so my heart is to be like Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, taking in his presence and listening to his voice, but physically, my flesh is weak and I'm pulled away by what's immediately in front of me. Now, I really want to spend time with Jesus, but my house looks like it's thrown up on itself and I need to sort that before I can do anything else. <laughs> it will drive me crazy. Okay, and then once, once that's done, you know, once I've fixed the house that's chaotic and crazy and what the heck spending time with Jesus looks like passing out and having a nap on the couch. <laughs> Let's be honest here, okay? <laughs> you know, you wake up and go, amen. <laughs> See, we've all done that, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we've all done that. Oh, yeah. No. Nice nap. Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out in my dream time. You know, but to be honest, more is achieved in time with Jesus than on our own. You know, when we rely on his own strength, not as. Um, there's a verse that says not by might, not by power but by the spirit of the Lord and you know often we try to do so, so much stuff in our own strength, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do this we actually figure, okay Jesus you do it because I can't so much more will get done you know, Jesus often took time out to be with the Father, to seek his face and to hear his voice now, his ministry and his life was the overflow of his oneness with the Father. No, what is the one, what is the overflow in your life? Is it exhaustion? Is it frustration? Is it everything is wonderful? 
What is the overflow? Now, Jesus didn't strive to get stuff done. It came out of the overflow. He didn't set out each day with a to-do list of things that he needed to get achieved and say, right, okay, today I'm going to feed 5,000 people with a few fishes and loaves. That's on my to-do list today. You know, it didn't go, okay, right, today let's go heal some lepers. You know, he didn't start out with it. This is what I need to do. He saw the opportunities that were presented to them and the places that he found himself, and he did what was natural for him because it came out of the overflow of relationship with the Father in his life. You know, he did what he saw his Father do. The Bible is so full of examples of Jesus retreating from the crowds to pray and spend time with the Father. You know, there was an intimacy of relationship, and he made it a priority. Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father do. In order to know what that was, he had to have an intimacy with his Father. He had to know his voice. He had to know when it was him speaking, not someone else, and not just you know a good idea. Now, we can sit there and go, yeah, okay, that's nice for Jesus. He's God's son. You know, He doesn't have all the responsibility that I do. You don't understand. Okay? He didn't even have a house to clean. He stayed at everyone else's. All right, so come on. <laughs> what the heck? You know, have you ever felt like that? Jesus, you just don't understand. I want to spend time with you, but I've got so much else to do. You know, trust me, he does. He completely knows. He carried the weight of the world's sin on his body and he gave his life for us. So he understands pressure. Okay? But he remained in the Father. You know, we all have the ability to remain in the Father. More is achieved in his presence than we can ever do out on our own. Now, I love the line in um, Hillsong United's song, Touch the Sky. I touch the sky when my knees hit the ground. So much more is achieved in prayer. So many battles are won in prayer before we even go out and fight the spirits. <coughs> you know, but we just have to actually press into God and trust God enough because sometimes... Trying to do everything in our own strength is not about, um, I don't have time. It's about, I don't trust you, God, to sort this. I need to sort this in myself. You know? So it talks more about, we think that we have a greater ability to get things done than God does. Okay? Cool. Yeah, more is achieved when we come to God in our busy seasons and we draw strength from him. We come out of that season in one piece, piece rather than a crumpled mess on the floor. But practically, you know, what does it look like? When every moment of the day is filled with bursting and it's all important, you know, how do we sit at the Father's feet and have that intimate relationship? You know, the struggle is real. How do we make this happen? You know, and it's something for me that I'm still working through. In no ways am I perfect in this. And I go through seasons of my life where I'm better at it than others. Um, but a couple of things that I've found is... Um, and one of the most important one I've found is to invite God to be part of my everyday. So, you know, invite him into your workplace. Invite him into school, you know. Invite him into your family life at home, the school dropouts, the, um, the work that you've got to do, you know, catching up with your neighbour. Invite him into that. Pray about decisions that you have to make. You know, involve him. I'm learning at work that when things get really crazy and people's personalities are beginning to rub against each other and you feel like they're going to have like a bit of a, you just want to bang their heads together, um, just to take a moment, I shut the door of my office so I don't kill anyone, and then um, breathe, and then just ask God to be part of that situation. 
inviting his peace and presence to be tangible in that place. And sometimes it just looks like, okay, I'm just going to shut the door for a minute. Shut the door. Jesus, I so need you right now. Please help. You know, and, just, and just inviting him to go, okay, right, what do I need to do, God? What, what is happening in this situation? What is going on that I'm not seeing? And asking him, rather than relying on my own knowledge and my own, oh, I think this is what's going on in people's lives and I think this is what's going on in this situation, go, okay, God, what is happening here? What is going on? And Lord, just, just bring your peace. You know, just bring, stepping into his presence. And it could only just be for a moment. It doesn't have to be like an hour-long worship and prayer session because that's really, let's be honest, that's not practical at work. You know, <laughs> it's probably frowned upon. But, um, but, you know, but God is a network place with us. All we need to do is just step into our awareness of his presence with us in that place. The same as at school. You know, like, God, what is going on here? <sighs> Lord, I just need you right now. Be my peace. All right. Lord, be my peace. Bring along a person to encourage and support me right now. Lord, bring along um, bring along something fun. Lord, let that teacher not be grumpy today. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, bring that, you know, you can bring God into those places. And I'm learning to do that. It's a work in progress. It doesn't work all the time because sometimes I'm like, oh, I just have to deal with this now. I don't have time to pray. But actually, sometimes I'm learning that I don't have time not to pray. The other thing that I do, that I'm learning to do, and once again, work in progress, definitely not perfect, is I'm just learning to carve out time for God again. When I was younger, this was easy because I was on my own. I had my own timeline. I didn't have to be home for people or look after children or tidy up after them. I had my own room to sort out. It's all good. But... Um, you know, actually just, oh, I'm just going to go and hang out with Jesus for hours, and that's okay. And, and it's awesome. But life has changed. It doesn't quite work that way now. So I'm learning to carve out time for God, to be intentional with um, seeking time with God. And one of those things that I've started doing is a morning walk. Oh, man, it's at like 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm not such a fan of that because I have to drive to Queenstown. So sometimes I'm late for work because I sleep in my walk, but that's okay. Um, don't tell my boss. Um, I work late, so it's okay. <laughs> but I'm going to be intentional. And in that walk, I just put on some worship music or listen to a message, and I, I, I walk. And I'm, I'm learning to go, okay, God, I'm just going to give this time to you. And so finding what re-energizes you, what is something that you enjoy to do that you can invite God to be part of? You know, it could be going out taking photos. It could be going for a walk. It could be going for a run. It could be, okay, I'm just going to go sit in the bathroom where no one will disturb me and just and let Jesus be in that place you know what is it that re-energizes you what is it that you love doing that you can invite Jesus to be on because if it's something that you enjoy doing then you're going to do that more often you know if you go okay I'm going to go spend time with Jesus I'm going to go do it this way and sit and read my bible like this so that's not how you operate because God's created us all uniquely find something that works for you could be an audio Bible or it could be, you know, just find what works for you and be intentional. And go, okay, I'm just going to set aside this time for you. I remember meeting a youth leader um, who had been at YWAM years ago and she was preaching at church one day <clears throat> and she'd say, she was saying that every night she had, she, it was like she had this thing where she would do prayer and worship 
and a devotion with God every night. And so that meant, and she did when she go to bed, that meant if she went out to a party with her friends and didn't get home until 2 o'clock in the morning, she was then do that hour devotion, prayer, and worship with God. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Why, like, sleep? You've got to be up for church in the morning. What are you doing? You know, but, but when I look at the fruit on her life and the discipline that she had, she was intentional about the time that she spent with God. That overflowed into her life, and her ministry was amazing. You know, she'd have these incredible encounters with God, and, and I just love that. I'm not quite at that point of discipline, and it's something I'm working on. But she was intentional about what worked, about what she needed to do and how she wanted to pursue God. And she was disciplined to make that happen all the time. Not, not quite at that point yet, working on it. You know, so find what works for you and, and, how you can, um, and how you can be intentional about that. And the great thing is God's relational. So it's not just about, it doesn't have to be like, oh God, a big formal prayer where you work through this, 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 and this. It's a conversation. Hanging out just as we're hanging out now, just as we're talking now. You know, it doesn't have to be this big formal thing. God's in relationship with you, and he wants to be in relationship with you. And your relationship is going to be unique with him, which is awesome. So I just want to encourage you, just pursue that. And if and you're struggling with that, go, God, I'm struggling with this. I, I really want to pursue you, but I'm not thirsty. I'm not hungry right now. Please make me thirsty. Make me hungry for you. And, um, and he will. He will. Like my friend um, Ali Stone, who preached at the, at the women's conference that some of us went down to last weekend, she, her husband is this amazing preacher, has these incredible revelations, and he looks at the word from a Hebraic perspective and all this stuff, and it's just really awesome. He has these incredible revelations, and you listen to him, you're like, oh my gosh, why did I not see that? And she'd get frustrated that he'd have all these amazing revelations, and she's just like, God, what's going on? Please give me revelation. You know, I want to have revelation like that. And then she found herself being like constantly hungry all the time, physically hungry. And so she'd go places and she'd eat, and she's like, I'm still not, still not full, I'm still hungry. And she'd go into eating, like, still, what is going on? And then she was at a, at a conference, and the preacher was talking about how she'd ask God for more of him, and she, to be hungry for him. And then she was physically hungry all the time, and nothing would satisfy her. And then she realized it was the word of God that she was hungry for. And then Ali was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's it. I'm hungry for the word of God. And so she started going into the word of God. And the more she read, the more, the more she was satisfied, but the more hungrier and the, and the more thirsty she got. You know, if we, if we want to pursue God and we're struggling with that, I want to encourage you, ask him. Ask him. He will give, that, he will give you that desire. He will give you that passion. And, and, you know, I know that he's not just going to go, oh, no, you're right not going to leave you hanging he's going to he's going to let you go and 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 you know cause that desire to wake up within you <clears throat> yeah so awesome that's that's all i have to share this morning nice and simple but i do have um i thought we'd just be cool just for us to spend a couple moments with god individually just go god you know where am i at Am I focusing on the immediate 
or am I in what's in front of me and what needs done now? Or am I am I needing to focus more on the important? You know, spend more time with you, Lord, and show me how can I do that. So I thought we could take a time. I've got a song that's just going to play. The words are on it, but it's okay. You don't need to sing them. But just have a bit of time with God. You know, let Him speak to you. Listen, listen to what He has to say to you. Because when you speak to Him, He actually answers. Sometimes we just don't take enough time to to hear Him and listen to what He has to say. And um, yeah, so we're just going to go into that now. If you want prayer afterwards, we'd love to pray for you guys. And um, we're here. We'll partner with you in prayer and and stuff. So yeah, so we'll just put that on and hang out with Jesus for a wee bit. <laughs>